Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm Fazia Costi, and today we are speaking with Karen Damal. She is a multi award winning author, freedom from secret eating coach, and empowerment expert specializing in loss and trauma. Today, we're going to talk about releasing women's secret fears, stopping them from achieving their dreams. That's a big challenge you have there. Yes. <laughs> so welcome to the welcome to the show. So tell me a little bit about you. Let our let our listeners know a little bit about Karen. Thank you, Fazia. Um, yes. So I'm from Sydney, Australia, and I am a sucker for feel good movies or tear jerkers. And I recently watched a movie the other day, and there was a quote about all of us are haunted by ghosts. You know, the ghosts of childhood trauma, ghosts of unfulfilled dreams, you know, ghosts of lost love, the belief that if we ignore these ghosts, that they'll eventually go away. And that is a big mistake. That's something I learned from a very young age that I would, because I really resonated with it, because I, you know, had a lot of trauma from when I was a very young, at the age of 10, my, my father died. And I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Then um, mum remarried a lovely man. And at the age of 15, he died in his sleep. So then mum was grieving, as you can imagine. And she moved up to the country to sort of um, go into a business with her sister and her brother in a pub, (laughs) which as a 15-year-old, it was like, woohoo. But I stayed in (laughs) Sydney. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go up to the country. So I, there I was at 15 still in Sydney, living with my brother for a little while, but he was grieving, so he ended up eventually moving up to the country. So as a 15-year-old, I had so much freedom, so much um, partying, going going out drinking and, and smoking and doing all the crazy things. At 15? At 15. <laughs> and I think in America, whatever, you can't drink till you're 21. In Australia, it's 18, but I was underage drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and looking back on it now, I know the little girl inside of me was going, what's wrong with me? Why is everybody leaving me? You know, why does nobody love me? I, on the outside, I was like this tough exterior. Yes, you know, I can do anything. And I understood what mum was going through. But that has an impact on my life later on. And you actually realise that when you have these traumas, and some traumas are just little traumas, little T's, some can be big T's, that it can actually affect how you live your life, how you interact with people, how you interact with yourself. So understanding these things can have um, huge um, shifts in how you live your life once you understand and heal from them. So as a 15-year-old, you don't understand that. It's just basically, hey, party girl. And I can still now watch a movie (laughs) because of the loss and the emotions I get from, I can watch the last 10 minutes of a movie and be bawling my eyes out (laughs) because the tears will come through. Like I think I'm also like a bit of an empath. So I take on other people's um, feelings and I think the same thing even if I'm watching a movie. So, yeah, it's, it's to me. Trauma can it can have so much impact on your life. So for, that's where I came from. But I didn't come into this sort of field until in my late um, years. I basically, at the age of 30, decided to become an accountant. So I went in back because I left school in year 10. So at the age of 15, I left school. And then I, um, at the age of 30, decided to become an accountant. So I went to university, did all those sort of things. 10 years of studying. And after that, it was like, okay, what am I going to do now? So then I started looking down, oh, I might do some Reiki, I might do some tarot, and then went down the NLP, the hypnosis, the creatrix, and learned a lot more about the mindset work. Because, you know, as I've sort of got older, I think you come into yourself as you get older. I'm now 57. (laughs) And as I think as you age, you actually start to, you know, start looking for something more and start understanding yourself. I should tell your audience that 
um, 18 months ago, I went through a cancer journey where they found a lump in my chest. And so I had radiation. So that still causes me a little bit of a, <clears throat> especially in the mornings. And also yeah. probably haven't been a smoker at the age of 15. <laughs> Just wow, doesn't I'm help. so sorry to hear that. Yeah. No, thank you. It's because of the tools I have at my um, in my toolkit, going through that journey was so much easier, like, you know, hypnosis for pain, hypnosis for, um, you know, healing faster. And then the mindset that would come through, like, I'm not going to survive this, all of these different things, using the tools that I have learnt allowed me to come through this with a lot, um, lot stronger understanding that I would survive this, that I, you know, it's absolutely fine. And it is, it is absolutely fine. The, the cancer's all gone. There's, I've had lots of um, tests afterwards. Just I've just got the issues where they took out neck muscles and a few sort of physio-style things. But other than that, I'm doing really well. <laughs> well, I, I love your positive attitude. I, I think that's what makes you, you, is that you're so positive and you're you're definitely on your healing journey now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think everyone has their journey, whether it be a health journey or whether it be um, something that they need to overcome to release, to live their best life. Because what actually happens is when we hold on to these these traumas and when we hold on to the stuff that's gone on in our, in our life, it does affect how we react with other people, how we sometimes we might overreact to situations because we're triggered. When we get triggered, our, we go back to that little child that was suffering. So when we can actually look at those things and heal, and that's why some people will come through a healing, like a, something like cancer, is because they have that positive attitude. They believe that they will come through. Because if you believe something will happen, it will happen. So if you believe you're going to struggle for the rest of your life because of it, guess what? You probably what will. will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I do, I do believe that, um, you know, you've got your, the power of law of attraction, all those sort of things. They're fabulous. But the problem is if we start doing affirmations and all those sort of things, yet it doesn't align with who we are in our values or our beliefs, and our beliefs are formed from what we've experienced in our life, even can be formed being passed down through the genes for our parents. So if you don't align your beliefs with your values, then you are um, going to have problems with the way you act. That's how you act in, in the world because your values and your beliefs aren't aligned. Does so understanding where those yeah. beliefs come from is, is, is a big key. So I interrupted you then, sorry. Oh, no, no, no worries. How, how does, so let's talk a little bit about healing trauma and the emotions that are transformed uh, that can transform your stress or the digestion or the emotional capacity or or even your sleep. Can we talk a little bit more about yeah, that? Yeah, sure. I mean, any sort of stress, there's so many reports on stress affecting your sleep and your gut. And stress comes from either usually, again, because you have trauma, you'll react in a certain way because of your beliefs. So you might get stressed over something that someone else doesn't. And that stress will affect everything in your life. You know, it's a head chatter that goes in your mind that then has you, you know, wild up, which will then affect how you sleep. And our gut is all designed on that stress. Now, even if you look back at the <clears throat> the olden days, you know, the, the days before um, pharmacies and all those sort of things, back in the caveman days, <laughs> Their stress was meant to be to run away from a, a dinosaur. Right. And they would run, get away, survive, and they would they would no longer be stressed. They'd get into fight or flight mode. We're in fight or flight mode all the time because of the beliefs that we have, all the, the, the traumas that we've had, all the way we react to things. And that on your digestion is really bad. We're not supposed to be in fight mode when we're trying to digest our food. But if we're constantly stressed, it's going to affect our gut, you know. So, and then the and how much the food will actually be digested, whether it'll actually cause you heartburn, will actually cause you. And then, you, then you've also got the issues of the type of foods that we're eating, <laughs> which doesn't help with. <laughs> That's with a way. different show, That's right? A different show. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're stressed, it gives us. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've actually felt stress where you just can't think straight. You can't when you go to eat. You're not even not even. Um, 
present when you're eighteen. Yeah, I think everyone can identify with that. I think that's something that everyone on the planet has experienced at some point. You know, yeah, don't you know, death in the family, or you know, something traumatic happens, and you're just like, okay, I have to eat, but I don't want to eat because it's it's really upsetting me to eat. which is a horrible thing to even experience on its own, yeah. but you compile that with the stress and everything else. It's yeah, it's definitely or something. Or you can use food to actually like soothe. And then you're eating like you're eating. So I wrote a book on overcome binge eating. So that is one of my go-tos was used to be to, to overeat and sit there and just eat on junk food to feel good or even yeah. to take away my pain. Because if I was in pain over something, then eating I was in control of my pain because I was eating to the point of overeating. So there's Yeah, and I think a lot of people do that. You know, they they tend to overeat when they're feeling pain or discomfort or sadness or just any kind of strong emotion. They definitely lead towards that. I, I yeah. definitely have seen that. Yeah. And there's people who go the other way, they just don't eat at all. So each person has their own tactics of dealing with things. Mm-hmm. And it's usually things that have happened. They've, they've discovered at a very young age that this is their way they survive it. And it's and then every time we're triggered by the traumas that have happened in our past, that's how we'll survive it. So one person will have gut issues. One person won't. One person will overeat. One person won't. One person will go into themselves. Another person will go out there and be angry. So they're all actions based on things that happened to them and then they're triggered by things. So you might have had something happen to you um, when you're young, then you're working, you know, 20 years later and something happens that brings up that memory for you and you're triggered and you'll react in a way because you haven't healed from that trauma. And we may think that we've healed from it by just talking about it with, you know, may, may even go and see someone talk about it. But just talking about it doesn't always give the answers. We need to actually find the answers within ourselves to actually let it go and get a new perspective of what happened through that through that process. It's not as easy just to, you know, get over it. <laughs> right, right. I don't think, it, yeah, I don't think anybody just gets over it because somebody says get over it. Exactly. Uh, how does this how does this connect with our topic um when we were talking earlier about empowerment em, I'm sorry releasing women's secret fears stopping them from achieving their dreams so how does this how does this specifically tie into women so ultimately we have fears because of things that happen to us and we're triggered so we're afraid to go out and do things because of things that have happened. And they're unconsciously, we, sometimes we don't even know. Like I, I worked with a lady and she was afraid of going on boats. And it went back to when she was a baby, she was on a boat and they nearly drowned. And she doesn't remember it, but it was obviously being passed down through her, through her parents, the fear. So once we did some work to actually get a new perspective on it and, and get some um, information of how she can let it go, which came from within herself, then she went on a cruise. This is why she wanted to clear it because basically her mother-in-law had bought her like a, had the whole family a cruise for, for Christmas and she was like wanted the whole family to go, but she was like panicking about getting on this boat. So these fears that we have will be something that's happened that we unconsciously don't even know why we have that fear. You know, fear of public speaking for one could be you got had to get up as a as a um, kid at school and say something and you were ridiculed up in front of everybody. So then you have a fear of public speaking. These fears that we have come from something that's happened either in our past, and we may not even realize it. We just know that we don't like doing it. Yeah. So when we get to learn how to let that go or go fishing for what our words are that's that we say about those things then we can actually find a way to let them go with working with someone you know you you can talk about with things and you may get that perspective yourself but quite often these things are so deep-rooted it's really hard to identify on your own what it is that's causing it because you quite often just look at the action you're taking and go I don't want to do this anymore but don't understand where it's coming from 
or why you're actually feeling that way. And these fears, they stop us from living the life that we want. Because if, say, you're going into business and you're afraid to go out there and do sales, you're not going to be able to achieve in your business. Right. So there's so many things that the fears, they just hold us back. So you were talking about the woman that was afraid of the water, the boat. Mm-hmm. What if some, like, how did you find out what her fear was? What what if somebody just can't remember the traumatic event? How do you, how do you resolve that issue? Yeah. So I have like, I've done many modalities and, um, you know, different ways of different, different things. But my favorite one is, is working with a a product called Creatrix, which actually helps women break free from these things. What's it called again? Sorry. What was it called again? Oh, it was Creatrix. Okay. So this is a modality designed purely for women, and I can only work with women. I'm licensed only to work with women because women and men have different brains, (laughs) so we need to have a solution that is designed for us. But it's a matter of listening to their language, what they're saying. They don't have to know what the trauma, this is what you don't, you don't need to know what the trauma is. It's listen to the language around the issue that's going on for them. And then we go through the process to actually get the, the learnings, to get the information that will allow them to go, oh, and a lot of these learnings are, are learnings that they might hear themselves say or other people say. But when it's done in this state that we do it through, they actually, it's like a big aha moment for them. Like they come out of the process going, oh, my God, like what, 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 what was that? <laughs> I don't have that freedom. I don't feel any, I don't feel that same way. So you don't actually have to know what it is. You don't have to relive the trauma. You know, you just need to get the new perspective around that trauma to be able to let it go. And once you can do that, seeing the transformation from this to this at the end of like a session and their face just changes, their face is a light. So it is, it is, um, you know, there are different processes and different things may work for different people and they've got to be right and ready to understand that they can let it go. And they also need to know that they are, if they're in a situation still that puts them at danger, they need to then take action to keep them out, to get themselves out of danger as well too. So, so what would you consider danger for for women? What What is I that? I suppose mean? if you're living with, a, living with <laughs> someone who... Um, Either like in an abusive situation? Correct. Mentally okay. or emotionally or physically. So okay. or if they, so if they're in a situation where they have that they're going to be constantly be put down and, and different things to make them feel bad, well then get a new perspective, but then going back to that life. So they've got to be who, whoever I work with would need to be willing to make the life changes once they get those perspectives and know, look, this is not good for me. Then to sort of get themselves out, so they've got to be they've got to be ready. They've got to they've got to know that they they're over this they're over this bullshit and they want out. You know what I mean? They want they want a new life. And but what if they're not willing to leave? Uh, you know, sometimes I see women they know they're being mm. abused. They they know they're in an, in a very dysfunctional relationship, but maybe their religion comes into play and <clears throat> their religion says you know this is the person you have to be with for the rest of your life, whether they treat you well or not, yeah. you know, what do you, what do you say to a woman who may be in the situations like that? In that situation, I would do some other process, processes like hypnosis to help them. But the problem is they would constantly keep coming back to the same thing because if, it's like a broken record. If you keep yeah. scratching that record and keep scratching that record and keep scratching that record, it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And if you're not going to pull yourself out, then um, you are going to think that so we can do some things to help to ease the pain a little bit, maybe give them a little bit of confidence. But at the same time, it's no work that you do with someone unless they're willing to help themselves. Hypnosis, everything I do, it's up to the person to make the changes. I can't make changes for anybody. I can empower you to make changes, but you can't, I can't make, I can't, you know, pull you out of anything, any situation that you're in. I can't, you know, just yank you out, yank you out of there. You have to do that yourself. I can, I can. Well, it's just like everything else. You have to do the work yourself. You have to want it. 
So even though you're offering these women a tool to help them see where their trauma is coming from, they still have to make the the next step on their own. Yeah. And once and, and and the idea is once you have those new perspectives that well then you can actually go, oh, okay, I can see how I can change. It's when when someone is so stuck in a, in their mind about things about who they are as a person, then they believe they're not worthy. They don't they don't believe they're worthy of actually anything better. So if they're willing to make the changes after they, they feel like they are worthy, well, that's when they'll help themselves. But when you don't feel worthy, you you're not willing to help yourself. So that, that's where it's a, you, you, you need to actually heal those traumas, let go of those so you can actually move forward and make those changes that you require. You know, I wrote a book on overcome binge eating, but I can still, when I went through the cancer process, I went back to eating chocolate. Not, not that chocolate's bad, but, and I didn't. Like, don't to- say that. I love chocolate. <laughs> There's, there are no good or there See, are no my, good or bad. That'll foods. cause me trauma. <laughs> there are no good or bad foods, but I turned to chocolate as a, as a pain thing. So I didn't go back to binge eating, but I ate too much for my health. So a little so, bit excessive correct. in the eating of the chocolate. I, yeah. I probably do that every day because I have a piece of chocolate almost, and not every day, but almost every day. Yeah, I, I do enjoy my chocolate, <laughs> and, and there's nothing wrong with that. A piece of chocolate every day is fabulous. But when I yeah. was eating three blocks a day, in you know, in ten minutes as a binge eater, yeah, it's not healthy. You know, it is not good for your body. No, it's but a not. piece of chocolate a day that is that's that's enjoying it, and that is when you do enjoy it, it's fabulous. Like you know, yeah. life is meant to be enjoyed. So we're not meant to have these good foods, bad foods. You know, good life, bad life. It's what what you enjoy. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. So if you're doing something in your life that brings you joy and someone else comes along and says, well, oh, that's wrong for you, it doesn't matter. It's what brings you joy. Well, Karen, I, I've really enjoyed uh, your explanation of this because um, I think I agree with you. There is no good or bad food. There is no you know, good or bad. It's just what's right for you. And I, right. and I love that you help these women that come across your life help them identify what their trauma is so that they can make those changes that they need to make. So you're basically giving them that power back. You're helping them see where they need to be so that they can make those changes. And, and I, and I love that. I absolutely think that's fantastic. So um, yeah, absolutely. Um, If somebody wanted to uh, work with you, we're going to take a break here in just a few minutes. And if somebody wanted to work with you or maybe get more information about what you do, how could they do that? Uh, The best thing would probably to jump on my website, which is www.goodnessmealternative.com or or .com. And there they can can actually um, do some quizzes. They can jump on and send me a message. They can um, follow me on on Instagram or Facebook, Transform with Karen, and yeah, reach out for booking a booking a chat with me. You can book in a free chat. And we can have a discussion to see if I am the right person for you to help you out, and we'll go from there. So goodnessmealternative.com. Yeah. All right. So if you're looking to get in touch with Karen, you can definitely do that. Um, she's fantastic, and I think you'd really enjoy talking with her. If you're looking to get in touch with me, you can go to uh, my website, which is executivefunctioncoachaz.com, and uh, you can subscribe to our magazine there, and our magazine is Executive Function Magazine, and it comes out monthly. Um, It's fantastic. We have wonderful people writing. In fact, I believe Karen has submitted an article. You should be able to read that in our March issue. And if you're looking to be a guest on our radio show, or if you'd like to be uh, a writer for our magazine, you can definitely go to our contact tab at the bottom of the first page, send me an email. I'd be happy to chat with you further about uh, what we're looking for and how we can maybe um, work together on this project. So um, if you're interested in working with me, You can also send me an email about that. And when you're working with me, we are now offering uh, mind print assessments and our mind print assessments are designed for K through 12. However, we can use them for any age to help you identify what your uh, strengths are and what your weaknesses are. 
And we also do ACT and SAT predictions with that mind print assessment. Right now we are charging $350. So um, give me a call and we can schedule that. And, and with that mind print assessment, you get a 45 minute consultation. So uh, definitely a fantastic tool to help uh, just move your life forward in a more positive way. Um, we just want to give a quick shout out to our uh, listeners in well, basically all over the world. So thank you the in China, in Australia, everywhere around the world. Without you, this would not be possible. We'll be back after these messages. So hang tight. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Fazia Costi is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Fazia works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Costi or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executive function coach az.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. I'm Fazia Costi, and today we are talking with Karen Damal. Um, welcome back, Karen. Thank you very much. Glad to be yeah. here again. Well, I'm thrilled that you're here. I'm so excited to talk to you about how you help women live their best life, or as you like to call it, upgrade. So <laughs> let's talk about why, why do you believe women require self-development to be upgraded? And, and why, do, yeah, why do we need to be upgraded? Yeah. Well, as we talked about before, the traumas, they affect how we, how we react, in, in our, how we live our life. So we need to be upgraded to actually let that go. And to do that, we need to go through some sort of aha moment, some sort of self-development. Self-development does that for you because it allows you to get out of your comfort zone. So when we're in our comfort zone, we are, you know, we're here and we're sort of thinking, you know, we're comfortable, but I'm unhappy, I'm unhappy, I'm going to do something. So you sort of start sort of, you know, moving out of it and then you get scared and come back into your comfort zone. So to actually make that huge step to get out of that comfort zone, it's where you need you know, self-development or, or something to actually help you get there, to have the courage to actually make those moves and see that there's something more to life than being like in this circle. The problem is also when we do step out and see different things and then we get scared and run back into our comfort zone, you're more miserable than what you were before you actually had the the, the guts to actually move out of there because you realise there's more. So then you need to actually do the work and that self-development does that to actually move you forward and actually realize that you can do it. And our biggest thing is our belief in ourselves. We believe that we can't do this. We can't do that. We're not worthy. We're not good enough. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not a good student. I'm not smart enough. All these different thoughts that we have and their beliefs that we've talked about before that have been formed through our life either through traumas or beliefs that we've been taught by our parents or even beliefs that have been passed down through the genes. Now, 
there's back in 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 um, Holland, back in the 18th century, they used to interview women, and if they were taking herbs, they must be witches, and they were burnt at the stake. If they were losing weight, they were burnt at the stake because they were witches, because they were taking herbs. Now you think about that. If that's been passed down, and you've had a, um, and that's through your genes, to lose weight will actually will put you in trouble. So we have these beliefs, unconsciously even, that will actually keep us stuck. So it is when we actually do the self-development work and actually work on ourselves that we realise we can go further, we can actually push through those fears and understanding that those fears that we have are there for a re- have been there for a reason. They've been there to keep us safe, but those reasons are no longer valid. You know, quite often we had those beliefs because of something that happened and they were valid then, but as we've got older, we don't we don't need to hold on to them anymore. And to actually <clears throat> realise that self-development is actually the thing that does it. So all the work I do is actually helping people to empower themselves. So it is self-development. It's developing your your new ways of seeing things, basically. How do you provide the self-development? Is it through webinars? Is it through classes? Is it through one-on-one instruction? How, how do you do that? Yeah. So it depends on what I'm what I'm working with, but the the best way to actually get, you know, for your, for each individual person is one-on-one. So do a full breakthrough with me to actually get through. And, and with a full breakthrough, it's done um, on all areas of their life. So that's one way. If you want to work on just one area, then I can do some other things. You know, some people just think, well, I only want to work on this and that's it. So, and they only want to do two sessions or whatever. They don't want to do a full breakthrough or they're not ready for a full breakthrough. But then I also do workshops and, you know, educate people on how they can re-see things. That may not actually break them through, but it'll give them a little bit of education of what they um need to do but not necessarily show them how to do it basically until you do the one-on-ones with people but awareness is the first thing being aware is your first step anyway Um, some people are already at that awareness stage so then they can take it further but if someone's still sitting there with their head in the sand they're not aware yet until they hear something go oh it's very freudian uh, that's what that was freud's thing you know insight if you have insight you can you can cure your problem yeah yeah, but you exactly. can't really go very far with that insight. So, Correct. never thought in my life I'd be quoting Freud. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, I was talking about Carl Jung the other day. I'm like, wow, did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, it takes me back a few years. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so. I, I I love it. So, um, it, it sounds to me like you have some really great, um great ways to help people. Can you give us some examples, like some, you know, stories of your clients that you've helped? Yeah, sure. I had um, one woman who she came for a full breakthrough with me and she was living at home with her mother. She couldn't change that because she was looking after her mother, but her mother used to sort of put it down and she would actually like put up with it. When we did the full breakthrough with her, she actually understood who she was. She and she found back, she found her joy again. So she's still living with her mother, but she sees her mother in a different way now. She doesn't allow her mother to walk all over her. She allows her um she her daughter's moved in as well. So she's got the support of the daughter and just things just seem a lot happier. So she's more positive. She's out there doing stuff with her life that she wasn't before because her mum was, you know, sort of pulling her down a bit. Mm-hmm. And now she's, I checked in on her 12 months afterwards <laughs> and she's still having a fabulous time. Like she's still enjoying life and feeling like she's in total control. So it is. That's fantastic. Yeah. Going through a breakthrough like that is not just looking at one area. So like when I did the lady with the fear of boats, that was a different process. That was just one one thing just to look at, just that one fear. So if someone wants just that, I can do a process for that. But if someone is just feeling stuck, they don't know why, they're just feeling like they're not living their life, they don't know who they are. You know, I kind of went through that. You know, it was like, who am I? Like, I don't even know who I, do I like myself? 
And so changing those perspectives, getting the new perspectives on that changes how you see things. It's like a baby being born and then they can actually see. They actually get to right. see what's going on. Well, I was and, thinking divorce. A lot of women, when they go yeah. through a divorce, they they kind of go through that. Or when their kids grow up, they kind of go through that. You're, they're like, oh, who am I? I've been... I've been a wife for 10 years and now I'm divorced. I don't know who I am anymore or my kids are grown up and I don't know who I am right now. You know, I'm not, I'm not mothering, you know, my kids don't need me to do their laundry. They're away at college or they're grown up and they're living in their own home. So a lot of women go through those big transitions. Correct. You find that you get a lot of women coming to you during those transitions. Yeah, because they, they are the ones who know they want more. They're already aware that they want something more, but they just don't know what. So when you work with those ladies, they, they're they trying to find who they are. So going through the process of listening to the language, what's going on for them can actually transform and then they actually refine themselves and rediscover who they are. So, again, it's about empowering them to actually rediscover themselves. And once they, they let go of some of their fears, let go of the of who they think they are to become who they want to be, then they actually change and start living their life. And it doesn't mean that they they forget their kids or, or whatever, but they start living right. their life and still being there for their kids at the same time. How long does it take your clients to go through their transition? So mm-hmm. when they from the moment they come to see you, you know there's been some time that's passed yeah. because people – they they sit there and they think about things for a while and and then they become ready. So now that they're ready and they come see you, how long does it take them to get through the rest of their transition? So if they are right and ready, and I've and I have to go through a process with them to make sure they're right and ready for this particular modality, it is the space of a month. So really, we do that weekly, quickly? We do weekly sessions of um, two hours. And it depends. I don't, it, I've had one person have a full breakthrough in two sessions. I've had someone do a full breakthrough in six sessions. I don't define how long it's going to take other than the fact that once they go through the process and we, I've had people come to me with two pages of issues, like, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. You know, um, people pick on me, you know, they'll sort of all, and it's all their words that we're putting together mm-hmm. within on average, about a month, they're a different person. And like wow. I said, I can see on a Zoom with them, because I do it all by Zoom, I can see on their faces from the beginning of one session to the end of that two hours, their face changes. I mean, when I had my breakthrough, when I first discovered it, I looked younger. It's like, woo <laughs> yes, I'm a younger woman. <laughs> because all the stress is gone, all those yeah. things that we're, that's in our head, that head chatter that we've got going in our head, it's just quieting down. You don't yeah. actually have those conversations as much as you used to. We're always going to have conversations in our head because as women, that's what we do. But mm-hmm. um, with as women, that's the other thing. We have a lot of, I have, like, as I said, I do hypnosis, I do timeline therapy, I do um, NLP, Reiki, all the different things. A lot of them are designed by men. But women need something different. We need to have our head, heart, and aligned. We need to have, um, we 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 think more like out, like big picture. Men are more linear, so we need something that's designed for our brains. We have cycles, you know. Quite often, you know, self development worlds tells you to be consistent, do this, do that. But as women. We're not, we can't be consistent. We're not designed to be consistent. Consistent maybe over a month, but not daily. There's times, there's a time in a month where we want to sit on the couch and eat chocolate. So we need to honor that. We need to work within who we are as women. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I love hypnosis and, and a lot of things I do. But when I'm working for women to actually get, get rid of all that stuff that's going on for them, I love using the modality that's designed for women because I see the biggest shifts in that. Everything else I do is working on one particular issue, but to change everything for a woman, to see them transform and empowered with this is amazing. Wow. That is truly amazing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your book. 
You are a multi-award winning author. Yes. What is your book called? It's called Eating Secrets. So we touched on me having been a binge eater. Mm-hmm. So I got together with another therapist and we wrote this book, which is about bringing in obviously our stories, but also about our tools to help you go through the process. So um, you can get that from my from my website. Or you can get a, a PDF version of the book on, on from my website or, or you can get a signed copy by me. <laughs> so that's the book there, Eating Secrets. Awesome. Eating Secrets. Okay. Eating Secrets. So it's the ultimate guide to take control of overcome binging and self-sabotage. So if anyone's emotional eaten and have, have problems with controlling how much they eat and they and they're turning to food to soothe because it is not about the food. You know, we've talked about there's no good food, no bad food. It is the reason why we turn to food that actually causes issues. So we talk about mindfulness. I bring in some in some of my tools that I learned because I'm also a kinesiologist. So I bring in some of the tools from kinesiology. We do a, show you how to do a sound balance, all these different things to actually help you through. And then well, I can do some one-on-one mentoring specifically for that as well. Um, I've got just on my website, there's programs set up for one-on-one mentoring specifically for overcome binge eating because food is all around us. If you want to give up alcohol, you want to give up smoking, you just stop having it. Mm-hmm. But food, we need it to You survive. have to. Yeah, you can't yeah. just walk away from food. Correct. It's and it's a very difficult bodies, thing. Yeah. Our bodies are designed to binge. From, from the caveman day, they would eat fruit where only when it was grown. At the, at the time of year, like seasonal, and their bodies are designed to binge on it until it's gone and to store it. So our our bodies are designed to binge. So understanding that as well as understanding that it's the emotions that actually cause us to turn to food. As I said, there's a lot of people who don't turn to food to soothe, but there's people like me or other people who have actually found that at a young age kept them safe made them feel safe. So we, we, whenever we're triggered, that can actually be a thing that comes back. So it is, um, and over, when, binge, when you binge eat, it is not about occasionally eating something too much of, you know, going to Christmas lunch and eating too much. Binge eating is where you get in the car and you've bought three blocks of chocolate. You've, you've, you've hoovered down one block of chocolate without even thinking about it before you even leave the car park. Binge eating is where you feel sick. Binge eating is where you where you um, don't even know you're doing it. Sometimes you go and grab it, but so what you need to do is actually sit there and understand what what am I feeling right now? And it's hard work to actually work that you know to sort of stop yourself in the moment. But we've got some tip, tip, tips and tricks in there, tricks tips and tricks in there to help you recognize at the time. So the book is has won ten awards. <laughs> We're very excited. Won the New York New York Big Book Awards. Um, it's one of the awards that won. Wonderful and. Um, yeah, we're, we're totally thrilled about the book of how it's come. Well, can you give our, our listeners maybe a couple tips that they could use even yeah. now before they get your book? Definitely, definitely. So the first thing is it's so simple. When you go to go to eat food, stop and ask yourself, what am I actually feeling right now? What am I, fe- what am I thinking? What's, what's happened? What, am I hungry? Because we don't, we've stopped listening to our stomachs. We go to food thinking that we're hungry. You may be thirsty. You may be um, looking for something. You may be feeling angry or, or hurt. You know, I actually wrote a letter to food in the mid, and that stopped me mid binge because I just started writing and then allowed me to actually realize what I was actually feeling there and then. Tell, tell me a little bit about your letter. Like why, like what would you put in a letter and, and how does so that help you? It starts out with like, you know, dear food. I think I've actually got the letter in the book. Um, dear food, um, I'm feeling like shit right now. I, I'm, I'm hungry, but I'm, I'm not really hungry. You just write whatever you're thinking, whatever's going on in your mind, because our mind is going 100 miles an hour, but we're, we're wanting to either soothe, we're wanting to numb out, we're wanting to not feel, we're wanting to do something different to, you may even be wanting to procrastinate, not you're maybe in the middle of doing something and you can't work out what to do and you're getting frustrated. So, oh, I'll just go to the fridge and get something. Maybe to a work. student who doesn't want to do their studying for their exam tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so they go and do something else. 
And before you know it, you've actually gone to the fridge and you haven't done your study. So actually asking yourself, what is it? And quite often the feelings are to do with because they don't feel like they know how to do it. They don't feel like they're, they're, they're smart enough. If, if you're doing study, it can be, oh, you know, I just, I just can't do it. So they go and eat instead. Now, I'm not, as I said, I'm not saying someone who just goes and distracts themselves to eat is a binge eater. Some people are, some people aren't. Some people just, you know, do that occasionally. But it is, the letter is just basically just putting down what's in your mind. And if you if you start writing without um, blocking what's coming out, just start writing allow whatever comes out comes out, that's when the, the magic happens because you'll actually see things written down that you're like, oh, my God, was I feeling that? So, so once you read the letter, you go back and you reread it and kind of look at it to see yeah. what, what, what is, what is it really that I'm upset about? What is it yeah. that I, why is it that I eat so much mm-hmm. or so often or. But another big thing is a distraction. So even writing the letter distracts you from eating because <clears throat> you're actually realizing that, oh, I don't need to eat to actually do this. And then when you read it back, you might go, oh my God. So I was feeling this. So that's so the other thing is, you know, just find we've got a, um, a thing called, a, we, we talk about in the book about a gem jar. So in that you get a jar and it's sort of make it all pretty, like we, we stuck all gems all over ours and lots of stuff, and then put inside there activities that you could do. So if you feel the urge to go eat when you're not hungry, go and grab an activity, look at it and do that activity for five minutes. It might, it might be marching on the spot. It might be writing a poem. It might tell you to, you know, go cut a picture out of a magazine, whatever you choose to put into that thing. In our online course, you've actually got some downloads you can cut up and put into the into the jar. But it is something that will just distract you for five minutes because when we're distracted, then we can choose to still go and eat afterwards, but it's a choice because quite often we're doing it when we're not even thinking. We're just unconsciously going and eating. You think about it when you go to the movies, you grab popcorn and, you know, within starting, you're eating without thinking and next minute, you know, the whole thing of popcorn's gone. So it is mindful, being more mindful about what we're doing. So a distraction first is amazing for that. Well, I think my whole family does that. Whenever we sit down to watch a movie, we have to have popcorn. We can't just watch the movie. We have to have something to drink and we have to have popcorn. It's it's yeah. kind of a tradition and, and if we don't do it, my daughter, one of my daughters will say, Where, where's the popcorn? You know, we're conditioned. We've conditioned ourselves yeah. to have that as our routine. You know, that's our tradition, so to speak. Correct. And that's probably my fault because I did that when they were little. You know, every Friday night, I'd sit them in front yeah. of the TV. We'd watch a movie as a family and I would make popcorn and we would enjoy our time together. Now, I, I still think it's a fantastic um, family, you know, routine to get into. Yeah. But but you probably don't want to do it every single night. Yeah. And that's that's the thing, you know, we we have these traditions that have been, you know, passed down to us and they become, because it, it brings on, this is another thing, it brings on the emotion. Women are more emotional. So we mm-hmm. attach emotions to things. So a male wouldn't attach the emotion of, of the family the whole thing about the popcorn. Whereas your daughter is like, oh, it brings back so much memories of of fun times. So that's something that she's going to keep on doing. And when we work with um, with women, the it's getting letting go of those emotions that we attach to things that allow us to actually let things go and get the new perspectives on things. Because that's just how we're designed. Women are designed differently to men. And fascinating. Play a big part. Well, we we have about four minutes left before the end of the show. Do you have wow, any stories? You, I know it's flown by. Do you have any stories you'd like to share? Stories. Any success stories you'd like to share before we end our time together? Yeah, definitely. I had, um, well, we can talk about my success stories. <laughs> Please. Yeah, let's talk about yours. So when we talked about, you know, with my cancer, you know, being I was going through radiation and the burning was getting bad and they're telling me it's going to get worse, it's going to get worse, it's going to get worse. And I was buying into that. 
we buy into our stories that we we tell ourselves and that other people tell us. So when we buy into that, it changes who we are. So then I actually woke up and went, what am I, what am I doing? No, I'm not buying into this. It's not going to get worse. So I started doing my mindset work <clears throat> and they were dressing my, my um, radiation burns every day. And I went back um, after this wake up of myself saying I'm not buying into this story. And she's going, what do you, what do you, what have you done? It's, it doesn't look as red. I said, yeah, stop buying into the story. So that's a big thing. You know, success stories are about not buying into the stories, changing who we are, being, being empowered to be who we want to be and who we need to be and letting go of all that stuff that people dump on us. Because that's what, that's what a lot of our stuff is. It's people dumping stuff on us and then we're buying into it and then we dump more stuff on ourselves. So I love it. It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. You know, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. It's been fantastic talking to you. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, could you give that information again as to how they can get in touch with you? Sure. The best way is to jump on my website, www.goodnessmealternative.com. You can you can book a call with me. There's lots of free resources on there in different areas. You can arrange to do some one-on-one mentoring with me, whatever works for you, but jump on the website and book a call and let's let's have a chat. That's probably the best way. And then we can actually work out what will be the best thing for you. And sometimes even just me having a conversation with you can give you some aha moments. Yeah. So basically a free consultation just yes. to see if you're a good fit. Yeah, I love that. I, I think a, a consultation is a fantastic way to find out if you're a good fit. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. And um, if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can go to my website, executive function coach, com, And on that website, you can look at our magazine, the radio show, as well as our coaching information. Um, if you're interested in um, our magazine, you can subscribe um, uh, I think it's on the second page, I think. And, um, you can send me, uh, a message in the contact tab. If you're interested in writing an article for the magazine, or if you're interested in past issues, or if you'd like to just come on the show and be a guest, or if you have questions for any of our guests, we'd love to answer those questions. Um, I just want to send a quick shout out to all our listeners out there without you, this would not be possible. So thank you very much for being there. And um, if you're interested in a free consultation, you can also click on that contact tab on our website and give me um, your information. I'll be happy to chat with you to see if executive function coaching is right for you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.